Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. of The Expanse, Holosuite Media's dedicated Star Trek Enterprise podcast. Uh, Kyle's going to be away this week because we have Brandy back for another writer's room. And by the way, I'm Chris <laughs> Always better to introduce yourself. Yeah. Well, you know, I like to introduce people first and then, hey, it's me. Yeah. Uh, the way I do it is I introduce myself first and then I put the focus on other people so that people just kind of forget about me. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me back. Yes. So, as of recording yesterday, I saw something on Twitter that seemed like a very good premise for our season, for a season five episode. Dun, dun, dun. It actually came from at ENT underscore S5 to 7, which is Star Trek Enterprise seasons 5 to 7. They had posted a, a tagline that reads, Hoshi is interested in expanding her role on Enterprise and leads an away mission to a pre-war planet for cultural observation. While on the planet, she discovers a group of Orions that are forcing the locals to do their hard labor mining for a natural resource. That sounds familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Orions forcing people to mine for them? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So so before we even get into the meat of of our writer's room, um, we'll go ahead and let you guys know where where you can uh, follow us on Twitter. It's at NX01podcast on, well, yeah, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. The the three, the big three there. Um, and we're also on Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash NX01podcast. And here's also an advert that'll reinforce that. If you enjoy listening to The Expanse, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast every week, then please consider supporting our show by becoming a patron. Visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash NX01podcast to view our subscription tiers. Benefits of becoming a patron include earlier access to our episodes, bonus episodes, and much more. Your support helps us continue to maintain and exceed the high level of quality that you have come to expect from this show. To all our existing patrons, we appreciate you and your generosity so much. And to those of you considering joining us, we will be so thankful to welcome you into our group of patrons. Visit www.patreon.com forward slash nx01podcast for more details. You will also be able to find the website link in the details for this podcast episode. Alright, before we actually get into the to the writing part of the writer's room, before we even sat down today, I decided to sketch out a little bit of uh, what I was imagining these aliens look like. So... Uh, I went ahead and shared shared a picture with you, Brandy. And yep. If you if you have any any better adjectives to to describe them, feel free to to chime <laughs> in. But basically, 
it, it is it is a binary species. The females are actually are actually the more more dominant of of them. Uh, you'll see them. They have tusks that come come down like sort of right. Uh, I'd say right at just behind the the edge of the 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 points of the jaw. Um, each and actually each uh each gender has little little tiny ridges in between where the where the point of the jaw would be on a human. Um, instead of ears, they have antenna that that function as ears. The females theirs go up and in, and the males go up and down. They have markings on on their foreheads that kind of go back to the skull they kind of have a horseshoe balding spot except that the females do have like a little i guess you could call it a like a who from whoville <laughs> yes little hair pom pom the males do do have short hair so it looks like you know, it would look like your your old uncle or something that has the, the horseshoe baldness and the females lo- would look like your hippie uncle that has the horseshoe baldness nice with their hair, I would say any any other features you you, you want to, you you think you could describe with them? No, I think you pretty well did that. What I do want to know is what color is their skin? Ooh, um, and their hair, or do they have different colors yeah. of hair? These are the questions. <laughs> I would say, we'll say the hair is, is is red. Okay, cool. I'm always up for redheads. Yeah, we'll say it's naturally straight. Though there are a few, few members of the society that do have the curly variety. As far as their skin pigmentation, depending on where they live, we'll say anywhere from a from a lighter shade of red to a darker shade of red. Mm-hmm. Now for the for the markings, which kind of actually look like a, a forked snake's tongue, right? But but each 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 family has a has sort of a different pattern with that with that snake tongue marking um but the colors let's go let's go yellow for that cool i like it now now do you think do you think the the tusks on the female should be colored or i would think that being that they are likely bone that they would be the same color as whatever their bone color is which i'm assuming okay. is well i shouldn't assume anything for an alien species yeah. what am i talking about <laughs> So, you know, not everybody has whitish bones, so I guess it would just depend on if you want them to have whitish bones, or if you want them to have blackish bones, or indigo bones, or... Let's go, let's let's make it easy, easy on Fox and and Hoshi and go with Gray. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Cool. So, and I have also made a little mock-up of what the, the planet looks like and was able to get into paint and mess around with it a little bit. Ooh. So that'll be that'll be in our, our show notes. Excellent. They have uh, three land masses and an island chain separating the, the we'll say, on, on the, the image that you'll see, you know, it'll be between what I've labeled land mass three and land mass one. Mm-hmm. Then in land mass... One, it it's got uh, two large lakes that are that, that split the uh, the continent there in half uh, by a river. We've got uh, ice cap on the northern pole, the southern pole not so much because the way that the the planet's tilted, 
the northern pole doesn't really get get as much sunlight. Mm-hmm. Landmass number two is going to be sort of a thin, thinner continent. Uh, have a mountain chain down the middle with desert on the eastern side. In landmass three, they have two two mountainous areas that are somewhat together with with a desert region also on the eastern side. Interesting. So, what uh, what natural resource do you think the Orions would want from this planet? Well. Because dilithium is going to be too easy. Yeah, well, that's what everybody wants, but it's not in the short yeah. supply at this point in history. So, hmm, I don't know. Of course, we could make something up if we so desired. Yeah. My mind is blank. It's like, what are things that people mine for <laughs> in Star Trek? Think, think. I say no. I know, remembering from Devil in the Dark, they were I was just thinking looking that. for Pergeum. Mm-hmm. Pergeum. So let, let, let's say Pergeum. Yeah. Since, since Great Minds and everything. I, I Seriously, that was the first place that my brain <laughs> went because I'm like, oh wait, that had a mining facility mm-hmm. and the Horta was messing up their mining efforts because, you know, they were killing her babies. Yeah. Interesting. And it's worth a lot. It is worth a mm-hmm. lot, which uh, Kirk actually says, you know, you guys are going to be super rich. So, yeah, yeah, let's go with that. All right. So the Orions are winning the Pergeum on this planet. Shall we give this planet a name? Uh, yes, let's give it a name. Can't have an okay. unnamed planet. What did the natives call it? Well, see, what the natives call it, if they're pre-warp, what they call it and what... You know, outsiders may call it maybe two different things. Yeah. Let's establish it from from Earth's perspective in uh, the, the Gemini constellation. Okay. Um, let's have it be in orbit of... Yeah, let's say, let's do, do Pollux. Okay. And so we'll say this is Pollux 4 according to Earth. Got it. However, the locals, I kind of want to name it after someone in in Star Trek. And since since I just listened to uh, the Trek files about Grace Lee Whitney, mm. let's let's figure out a way to, to name it after her. Okay. I like that. How would we do that? Yeah. Play on names. Um, well, you could. We could do it. We could do a double. Okay. Galitney. <laughs> The recently departed Dave Galanter as well. I like it. So, Planet Galitney. I like it. Now the we'll, we'll call we'll call the species Galatonians. Okay, got it. Because I figure that's that's the easiest way to to describe them. That works for me. All right. So to start our episode, to get this placed in our in our season, this is going to take place after Benning's Revenge. Okay. So we can we can also include Mr. Styles. As part of the away team. Okay, cool. Trying to remember, yeah, because I think the 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 people that we didn't or that we kept on on Enterprise were were of course our, our main named ones, and I think we left Cutler on too from the beginning, right? I think so. I'm pretty sure we did. Okay, I have to go back through my notes. <laughs> 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 Got so many notes in here. 
<laughs> this is my book O season five writers rooms. Oh well, there's too much to go through. I'll I'll figure it out later. But let's for the sake of argument say that Cutler is is still up in there. Yeah. And if not, well, she came back for, for a special time. Sure. Sure. That works for me. So what do you think would bring the Enterprise out to to Pollux? <sighs> Maybe it could be a distress call from a ship, like a Tellarite ship, because we don't get okay. enough Tellarites up in here. Yeah. So, and we and we do have we do have a Tellarite crew member as well. Yeah. So. so let's say we get a call, a distress call from a Tellarite ship that was passing through the system and was attacked by the Orions when they came in somewhat near that planet. Okay. Does that work? <laughs> That, that'll work for me. Excellent. So I figure for the cold open, we'll start the episode just before they get the distress call, you know, typical day on, on the Enterprise. Yeah. We'll probably go ahead and start it off with, with Hoshi talking to Archer about saying, hey, you know, I'd like to improve my role on the ship, not just, you know, answering the telephone. <laughs> I've never had it, heard it put quite like that, but that is so, <laughs> so, so true. So, yeah, as, as soon as Archer gets ready to say something, you know, about saying, well, next away mission or something like that, we'll, we'll see if we can't have you lead it. Because it'd be the way the way that we're going to have our, our story work out. It would be the perfect way for her to pretty much get her request answered right away. Indeed. Excellent. And so as he's about to say that, they get the alert that there's a distress call. Mm hmm. And yeah, Archer orders, you know, to head to the Pollock system. We'll go ahead and say, you know, warp five because they've got their warp six engine in there now so they can go a little bit faster. Yep. Plus it's a distress call. You want to get there fast. You're not going to dally. Exactly. Okay, cool. So then after Archer gives the order, that's when we'll do our opening credits. Yeah. Which are the, the, the season one and two version. Thank you. No drum beat. I'm sorry. When they put the drum beat in, it was just was not good yeah yeah it was it was an odd choice now one thing i think would have improved you know the credits for uh terra firma part two i was expecting to hear the in the mirror darkly thing mm, that could have been fun but i'm glad that they didn't do yeah. that <laughs> because the the problem with uh with in a mirror darkly is that it has zero connection to the actual storyline of the characters on that show it's, there's no crossover yeah. happening, you know, yes, the Mirror Universe is aware of their counterparts, but not the other way around, so it really has no connection in that regard, so I can understand yeah. why they wouldn't do that, because it wasn't an actual crossover thing, but it's a nice thought. Yeah, yeah this is actually the first time I've been able to, to say anything about it since, you know, watching it and first time, first chance has come up, so... Unless drops you guys will get to hear it. <laughs> Someday. Alright. So I'm I'm gonna guess that this Tellarite ship is in pretty bad shape, like life support's failing. Yeah. Etc. And they have no help incoming, no one's close enough. That sort of thing. That's why it's urgent. Now, how many Tellarites should we have on this ship? Well, Okay, what? why were they in the area in the first place? So what kind of ship is it? Is it an exploration thing? 
Are they going to a specific place, picking up resources or something like that? Let's let's say they were looking for for resources too. Okay, but they're not so much jerks as the Orions, right? Because uh, you know they're kind of jerks in this time period. The Orions, yeah. well, in a few time periods, let's be honest. But yeah. but never judge an entire species by the actions of just the ones we see on screen. So because. Tendi is wonderful and delightful. She is. She is wonderful and delightful. And when she was painted with the same brush, she was not amused. So, and who can blame her? So, okay. So they were looking for resources. Tellarite ship. Losing life support. I'm I'm probably thinking maybe four or five Tellarites. Since they're just kind of doing an exploratory looking for resources. So like a smaller scout ship. Yeah. Yeah, like a scout ship. Oh, got it. Okay, scout ship. That makes sense. As Enterprise gets gets to the scout ship, we'll say Reed, you know, shows their workforce about to, you know, overload and explode. That's how badly damaged Ooh. it is. And so they have to transport the Tellarites from, from the scout ship to the Enterprise and get them to sickbay as soon as they can. Okay. That'll be fun for Phlox. Yeah. Don't know if he's had a lot of uh, Tellarite patients, if any. I'm gonna say in this season, yes. Okay, then. So this little it'll, it'll be a little bit, little bit of an old half form. So since he's a little familiar right. with them, and Tella hears about this, and she's immediately wanting to do a couple things: one, make sure that her her fellow Tellarites are are okay, but two, she is talking Archer's ear off about it about attacking these Orions to make sure that they they know that they they shouldn't have done. So that. she basically wants revenge. Mm-hmm. All right. Not really surprising. I mean, yeah. that's a difficult situation. Okay, cool. And then we'll say, we'll say Strand's like, now, now pink skin, you have to kind of, you know, be a little bit more tempered now, you know, since we've got not just, you know, humans and Vulcans here, but we've also got, you know, Andorians and Tellarites. Right. Now, at this point, I think the, uh, the Enterprise would probably be be close enough to where they could kind of tell exactly what which planet you know mm-hmm. has the Orions and which you know doesn't. Yeah, they'd be able to pick up warp signatures and stuff like that. So yeah, all right. So yeah, they they go ahead and follow it into Pollux Four, and let's say let's say that that Pollux Four has three moons, and so they hide behind the the largest one. Because they're not sure, you know, how well the Orion sensors are as far as detecting how close larger vessels are. Right. Better safe than sorry. Mm-hmm. And so at this point, they go ahead and scan the planet to see what all resources are on here and why the Orions would want, want to be here. And they find, you know, large deposits of pergeum. Uh, we'll say, we'll say in the in landmass two where the where the where it's got the higher mountains. Okay. And so what Archer decides to do is to land on. On the peninsula closest to landmass two on landmass three, so it'd be in the southern southern part of it where you can you can kind of see the the mountains from of of landmass two f- from landmass three. So like looking at Russia from Alaska. Yes, yes, which is much closer than people think. So they decided to go ahead and get their landing party there to see what the what all the locals kind of know of the situation at least on on that landmass since they'd be the closest ones to it and, and everything now we're still pre general order one aren't we yes 
Okay. Because they, they haven't they haven't come up with that directive yet. <laughs> right. I figured that that was what we were working with, which makes it so much easier to write this story. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And how much has our universal translator advanced? Because, you know, Hoshi was a big part of that, too. It can pick up the language with basically two sentences. Nice. So she's got it working that well since the end of season four. Love it. All right. So they're going to go hang with some locals. Yeah. So since they don't really know how much this part of the planet's been exposed to the Orion culture, they go ahead and dawn on the... uh, the lookings of the the locals. Oh, so they do that. Okay. Yeah. So so we'll we'll, we'll kind of work it similar to the communicator. Mm-hmm. Here's one thing that always has kind of bothered me about the whole universal translator because if it works the way that they say it works, mm-hmm. then these people would know that these newcomers are speaking a different language than they are, but they hear their own language. Yeah. So that's weird. But we're just going to forget about that inconsistency yes, for the yes. sake of, you know, a good story. creative <laughs> authority. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll say we'll say that the holographic, we'll, we'll just say it's holographic technology that makes it to where their their lips look, look like they're actually saying what they're supposed to be saying. Okay, that works for me. So we, we have solved the mystery of the Universal Translator in this episode. Excellent. So, yeah, okay. So for our away team, Hoshi's going to be in the lead. Tella's going to be begging to go on, on this away mission, but Archer's going to put his foot down and say no because he doesn't want her to ruin anything as far as their investigation. Yeah, she's so worked up that she could be a danger to the mission. And, you know, I understand why she's worked up, but there are bigger things at play. Yeah. And and Strand's going to try to try to join this one as well, but... <laughs> But Archer, again, is going to put his foot down and say no, because it's just going to, if, if the Tellerite can't go, you can't go, because I don't want to make it seem like I'm favoring one one particular crewman over another based on our friendship. So he can't be playing favorites. We'll send Malcolm down. We'll go ahead and send, send Styles to, to fly the shuttle pod. And... Now, should should we have should we have Topol go down or should we have someone else? Um, because I'm also trying to think of you know getting the 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 prosthetics and everything together for them as well. I feel like she would be a good contribution. She's already had her own run-ins with the Orions. Yeah. So she has some experience with them, uh, from the. Uh, point of being captured yes and she's a cool head so that does help i think that she's a good choice to go plus she is you know a high-ranking member of the crew and archer trusts her judgment so i think she should go okay and i will say they're able to pick up you know kind of how to work out or how the the culture works out or where they're going to go and so we'll also get lieutenant cutler down there as well nice so that way we've got, you know, we've got a pretty, pretty much an, an all-female landing party. Except for Malcolm. Yeah, well, a, major- <laughs> a majority. We'll, we'll, say, we'll say a majority because Styles is flying as well. Yeah, mostly the ladies. Yes, and that, that seems to be how their culture travels in groups as well, where it's 
three females and two males. Nice. And at some point, I, I do want Shran to look at the landing party that's going down and just tell them that they look ridiculous because, you know, we've got red antennas and blue antennas talking to each other. Uh-huh. Well, and that's just Shran. Yeah. Okay. All right. So they go ahead and launch, we'll, we'll say Shuttle Pod 2. Because it, it doesn't get, get as much time out of the... the it doesn't. You know, really, stop favoring just the shuttle pod one. I mean, you have more yeah. than one shuttle pod. Use them. Don't... So. Exactly. Yeah, definitely <laughs> shuttle pod two. Do they have a shuttle pod three? I don't even know. <laughs> well, since, since we do have the, the, the secondary hole, they do have more room there for another go. one. So we could have Yeah, four. I think they should have four. I absolutely do. Okay. So shuttle pod two, gonna get some love in. All right. Cool. So, do you think we should have Shuttle Pod 2 have anything happen to it on its way down? Or should we hold off on that until it's trying to return to Enterprise? Well, here's the question. Because I would think when dealing with a pre-warp society, even though general order one doesn't exist yet they definitely don't want to try to explain their very alien shuttle pod well they can hide they can land in a spot where no one from the civilization Mm -hmm. around and and walk so i would say nothing happens on the way down but maybe something happens to it while it's down there okay yeah we'll say the say the the orions have kind of tracked it and then they start the they they go in and, and sabotage it somehow but obviously not bad enough to where you know they don't have the, the shuttle pod anymore. i was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> hopefully they don't just blow it up yeah maybe, maybe it's because they want to see you know what happens and who's yeah. really there and why so they don't want to blow it up that's too easy mm-hmm. okay got it so that point you know we've got the, the shuttle pod off off a ways they go go to the nearest village and we'll say that the five of them look a little bit different than than what the the southerners would would be used to so they'll just assume that they're from the north yes got it so now how 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 would how should we translate the the leader of this village Mm. do we want them to be sort of not only the sort of like a political leader but also like a spiritual leader so more like a priestess or, or like a chief just a chieftain type, type of deal. you know that is hard to say it depends on how forward thinking we want them to be because generally species that are more advanced tend to separate governing and religion whereas people who are not that's not the word I want to use. People who are less sophisticated, less advanced, less knowledgeable, I guess, earlier in their development would probably just lump all of it together. Like the religious leaders would also have governing rule. Okay. So it just depends on how we want to do that. I would say one, one exception that I can think of would be the Bajorans, because it seems to me like the Kai is sort of like their, their leader governing leaders yeah and how did that turn out for them <laughs> well i mean things were great when they had Kai uh, yeah yeah but again <laughs> but then kai win and gold ducat and 
paw rates yeah. and yeah. So so we'll we'll say we'll say that there was a a transformation away from from you know worshiping worshiping the prophets at least you know still still doing it but not uh, having as much influence within the the sphere mm-hmm. of government. Well, the thing is is that I understand the set of morals that can be set forth by religious mm-hmm. leading but using that when it conflicts with ethics because ethics and morals are not the same thing exactly. so that's when it becomes a tricky tightrope to walk so yeah that works for me all right so yeah we'll we'll say we'll say they're they're about say about mid 1800s i'd say so we're, we're going to another western style but it's like it's it's not not like primitive like you know not like tribal but they, they do sort of have a, a, a more sturdier government function but the village itself is sort of like the, the seat of the area okay if i if i totally re- ruined any any future plans you had there i'm sorry <laughs> no not at all cool so this village leader is important mm-hmm. how convenient i like that yeah now with with hoshi leading do you think on the the way down she kind she and Zapul kind of like hey you know archer put me in charge but i i will probably need your help just to make sure that i'm doing doing good or do you think she'll just try to do her own thing and, and to pull correct her or where do you think we have them at there at this point well i feel like hoshi has grown enough and so has paul that they would i mean even when you have an away team leader you still work as a mm-hmm. team so hoshi is never okay. going to be the kind of person that's just like no i'm in charge and i'm doing this on my own that's just not her yeah so I think that she would rely on T'Pol to do what T'Pol does best, as she would with each of the team members. They're all there for a reason. So she's going to rely okay. on their specific skills and knowledge as well as her own. Okay. So I would say she probably, my feeling is that she would probably do sort of a little, not speech exactly, but say, you know, I was put in charge of this. I know this is my first time leading an away team, but we are a team. And I need everyone to give me their best, as I will give you my best. And we'll figure this out together. Okay. So, yeah, anyway, so kind of going back back into the town, they, they meet up, or they, they find a local, and it's like, hey, we, we need to talk to the, we'll, we'll, call her, we'll call her the governess. Okay. Make, make, make it a little more, more formal than a chief. Yep. Or we could just call it a governor because governess sounds like she's yeah. doing childcare. <laughs> yeah, I yeah I, I think I think I mixed up the meetings in my head when I said it's that. It's all but, good. You know. It's all good. Well, <laughs> honestly, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't feel a need to genderfy words like that. You know, titles, jobs. Yeah. Like I just don't. I don't say actor and actress anymore. I just say actor. There's no need to genderfy any of those things. And and thanks to Giorgio, we can say emperor. Yes, which makes perfect sense. All of it makes sense. Yeah. There's no need to use genderfied titles. So yeah, ask where the governor is. Where's the governor? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I don't. I don't have that that great of a. No, of an that's not what I was laughing at. <laughs> it's just. Oh, okay. I was just okay. suddenly thrown into like early twentieth century England. <laughs> <laughs> 
actually. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry. Okay. So they, they go ahead and meet with the governor. Um, Hoshi asks if she's noticed anything or anything noticed anything unusual or heard of anything unusual happening in in the past, we'll say, three months. Okay. Because before they went down, they they checked the all the trails and everything, and it seems like it was about three months ago that that the Orions arrived. Now, do we want the the governor to be sinister, as in she's the one that's providing these these slaves, or that she's trying to figure out a way to prevent her own people from becoming enslaved? I would prefer the latter. Okay. If we're gonna have somebody being sinister, let it be a guy for once. <laughs> Okay. Ooh, one, one, one of the governor's consorts is the one that's, that's the sinister one. There you go. So she she is aware that, that something's going on because she's notice, been noticing, you know, uh, not it, something that sort of she would only notice about, you know, how fewer people were were around, you know, fr- old friends that she had, she had been in contact with suddenly dropped off. Yeah. So we've got we've got a bit of a mystery as as to to why that's happened and everything. Yep, which really actually works on a less advanced world because you know even in this day and age for us it'd be like, yeah, something's going on. I haven't heard from this person forever, yeah. and then you start to investigate, and there are ways to do that. But when you don't have like global telecommunication. That's right. a very different situation. And so if somebody, you don't hear from them for a while, you don't really think that much of it until other weird things start happening with it. Yeah. Do we want her to also say that she's heard reports of uh, lights in the sky? Sort of. A yeah, let's do thing. that. Okay. Because how would she, how would they miss those? Yeah. And the Lorines don't care. No. Let's say that Reed tries to, to interject a little bit. But he asked he gets shot down not only by Hoshi but by by the governor <laughs> for for speaking out of turn. Uh, poor Malcolm. Yeah, but we need we need a little bit of you know a little, little bit of that going on because it just ma- makes for for humor yep. and and forgetting forgetting where they were for for a second. <laughs> yeah, and it it makes the ladies go uh huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You've just been woman explained to. Yeah. Uh, are we going to give this governor a name? Yeah, we should. <laughs> okay. What do you think about Vizu? I like it. So it's V I Z U. Okay. I said we could get fancy and, and put a, a silent S at the end. Uh, sure. Why not? <laughs> silent S's. Just throw everybody off. Yes. No, it's pronounced Vizu. Not Vizus. Yeah, not Vizus. <laughs> okay, silent S. Got it. Alright. So, Hoshi and Vizu are talking. We'll say that, that she does, that one of her other friends, or one of her friends that was thinking about becoming the governor of, we'll say, Landmass 1, that she hadn't, that, that they were in contact, you know, at least every week, because they, they do have the ability to at least get get through their ocean chains fairly quickly. Okay. But yeah, I uh, hadn't heard from her in 
in a couple weeks and usually it's only about two or three between their their conversations her name's gonna be hamlix hamlix uh spelled h-a-m-l-e-x okay cool so so basically you know take take the last part of alexander hamilton's nickname and the first part of his last name there you go (laughs) (laughs) I've, i've i've been on a hamilton kick this is my first also my first chance on 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 here to to put that in you know and that's fine because honestly last week when we were recording what the future holds i can't even remember why but i started doing my shot from hamilton (laughs) and it's been stuck in my head since then that's seven days now that Uh, that song has been stuck in my head all right back to hamlix so we haven't heard from her yes and so uh vizu is probably worried and concerned Mm -hmm. because it's not normal this is when Hoshi decides to sort of take matters into her own hands and be like, hey, well, we may look like you guys, but we're not actually you guys. We will try and help you find your friend. Okay. And so, I mean, since, you know, the, the prime directive's not, not really enacted at this moment, mm-hmm. she can do that. Because we'll, we'll have it to where it, it, it's like sort of, the next day that she she's she brings this information uh, to Vizu. Okay. So like we'll have her have her kind of pondering it over, you know, silently. Maybe 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 saying something to to Depol about it, and Depol's being like, "Well, you need to be careful. These guys are way less advanced than you were when we met you guys." That part is true, although. They kind of, you know, that's the the funny thing about post-World War III world is that they had regressed in many ways because there simply wasn't stuff anymore. Yeah. Because it was just all, you know, that's what happens when you have total global nuclear war. Yeah. So, yeah. How do we, how do we want Vizu to, to react to this information? Sort of, sort of a knowing surprise type of thing putting pieces together as as Hoshi's saying it or I would say it's probably a combination of her thinking yeah that tracks but I'm not going to just take you on your word okay so you know it it seems like you're on the level but if you're really from another planet I'm going to need some kind of proof okay cuz that's that's what people in charge do yeah should should we make the these prosthetics sort of easy to remove, just you know as a plot point, so that way Hoshi can take take Vizu to the side and pull down the mask and then be able to put it. Back I don't up. know how would that fool anybody <laughs> though. I mean, if it was <laughs> this is that, true. If this it is was true. that easy, um, I would say they take her to the shuttlecraft. Okay, because I think that's the quickest way. Now, is it at this point, do we find out that the shuttlecraft has been sabotaged in a way? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, or I think so. Or do we so. want this to be booby-trapped? Or like tra- or like a trap? Ooh. With the Orions. Mm. Ooh. Mm. I'm not sure. Okay. So we'll say that they notice the sabotage first. Okay. Like, and it's nothing, nothing, you know, that wouldn't prevent them from, you know, launching up and heading back to Enterprise. Just something that they that they noticed or so, yeah something that, that pretty much only 
you know, the Orions and the crew of the Enterprise would notice about the shuttlecraft. Okay. Maybe I'm using using it, or not not using it how I'm wanting it, wanting to the sabotage. Maybe maybe we'll say planting like a listening device. We'll we'll okay. go with that instead of sabotage. I like that. It's it yeah. like a listening device well, and a tracker. Yeah. All right. Because uh, I'm sure they want to know exactly what they're dealing with, who they're dealing with, and how to take them down. Mm -hmm. Okay. And while, while the, the the landing party and, uh, Mizu are at the, at, at the shuttle pod, we'll say this is when, when her, when Vizu's consort is in contact with the Orions, because he's trying to, to frame it to where the men are, are repressed and treated as second class citizens when really they're not. They're not. They're just. Um, they're just whiny. <laughs> or this guy's just yeah. whiny. I'm not. Yeah. That, yeah. We'll just say this guy. Not. Not. Not all. Mm-hmm. All male. All males. Of, of this. This guy wants to be in charge. And I think that's that's his thing. That's why he's doing all of this. Is that my guess is that the Orions have said, "Oh yeah, yeah, you work with us, and we're gonna make sure that you're like over the whole planet." And yeah. I think he's yeah. that kind of guy. Promising he'll be be richer than than the moons of avarice. Yes, and the funny thing is, is that whenever you see something like that, and somebody with this plan was, I'm going to be supreme ruler over everything, and then what? Do you have a plan yeah. beyond that? What are you going to do with that power? They never know. <laughs> Fighting's easier. Governing's harder. Dying is easier. Living is harder. Yeah, that that too. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, dying is easy. Living is harder. Uh, good old George. Anyway, sorry guys, that was more stuff from Hamilton. In case you didn't yes, know. yes. Put, put puts a dollar in the Hamilton <laughs> reference jar, which which we've started. <laughs> well, we haven't started, but we've started. Start, yeah, <laughs> you're gonna have a nice tidy little sum there to do something fun with. Yeah. Uh, so he basically wants to be king. Do we want to give him a name? Oh, Benar. Benar? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sort of like a Benedict. <laughs> <laughs> not featured in yes, Hamilton. No, not featured in Hamilton. Spoilers. <laughs> no, the closest you get is a Charles Lee for that. Okay. Yes. Got it. All right. Yeah, Benar's in cahoots with the Orions, trying to overthrow the legitimate governments of 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 our planet here. Not thinking it through, Benar. No. Okay. Now, should should we have a a special guest as as the the lead Orion in this one? Ooh. Like like. So so what what uh what early two thousands wrestler should we have oh there are so many choices there i can't even begin to, you know what i think would be hilarious chris jericho chris mm-hmm. jericho okay chris jericho is our is our guest star orion yep i love it you think i don't know wrestling but i totally do it's one of my weird fandoms i listen to headcanon <laughs> yeah yeah i really do enjoy it okay should we give uh, chris jericho a name <laughs> i mean well, did, did the big show get a name? No, but I think that Chris Jericho would be conceited enough to say, no, I'm going to be a named character. Thank you very much. I'm Chris okay. Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> Harry. 
let's make it simple. Jerwall. Jer- <laughs> <laughs> Jer- if people don't know, that's the walls of Jericho, which is a move that he does. So Jerwall, I love it so much. Because because you know you know if he was going to be a guest star mm-hmm. as an Orion. He would try to work something like that. And he is absolutely going to have a fight scene. He is absolutely Mm -hmm. going to have a physical fight scene where he does things. Like, he does wrestling Uh moves. Because why else would you have him on? Exactly. (laughs) Great it. Great it. Great. I love it. So yes, this also confirms that we are still on UPN. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> back in the day yeah mm-hmm. yeah gosh that was the problem is enterprise kept getting preempted by wrestling when in our state <laughs> yeah oh, so wow. i missed a lot of it due to wrestling and football and yeah anyway yeah. okay so jerwall got it okay so benar and jerwall are are discussing the next the next stages of of getting more more slaves into mining the Pergeum, which is deep in the mountains, and basically it's it's a lot like the coal mines mm-hmm. of the eastern United States. Oh yeah, because they don't have advanced technology as much, mm-hmm. which is why the Orions aren't doing it themselves. Exactly, sneaky. So what uh, what other things do you think Benar will or we'll try to ask Jerowal for. Well, he wants to be king. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants all the money. Mm-hmm. So he wants power. He wants money. Let's say he wants to continue slave class. Okay. To continue, you know, basically forcing them to do menial all yeah, the mining. All the mining. And menial tasks, basically anything that, and it doesn't, it doesn't want to have to provide, you know, safety equipment. <laughs> That's his big thing. He doesn't yeah. want to spend the money on making people safe. He just wants people to bring him stuff. Now, now, now do you think he, that, that Benar would, would also ask how, how the Orion society works? Oh well? yeah. So he'll be thinking about, you know, forcing the, the women to be, be mainly the slaves. Good luck with that, buddy. But I'm sure that that would be in his feeble little brain. Yes. So and and Jerwal's just like yeah yeah sure whatever you say. <laughs> All right. So. So yeah, and then, and then we'll say after that scene, uh, we'll say uh, Vizu decides to go ahead and head up with with the away team, and we'll say that her her right hand woman she put, puts her in charge because she says she's going to be away for a couple days to kind of keep everybody. Everybody in line and at bay as best she can. Well, she wouldn't be her right hand person if it if she weren't good at what she does. So exactly. And so at this point, yeah. So they go ahead and head back up. They they notice the tracking device only after they do a thorough search after the the Enterprise gets fired upon. So I'm I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, they go go back to the Enterprise. Um, Archer's not entirely sure what. Uh, what to do now since, since you know they've basically you know broken the unwritten prime directive at this point but Vizu seems to be taking in all this information you know fairly well for considering you know 
where where they're kind of at technological technology wise. Well, she's not governor for nothing. And right as Archer's sort of explaining, you know, hey, we can kind of look and see what's going on and see if we can't find find your friend. Um, we'll say that's when when the Orions attack Enterprise. Okay, jerks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you leave my NX zero one alone. Okay, groovy. But I think, it, but but at this point, the Orions do not realize that that the NX one has shielding instead of just. <laughs> I love it. And and they've upgraded their their torpedoes and phasers at this point. Yep, it's gonna be a different fight than they thought. Mm-hmm. Because they're working on, we'll say, three year old information. Mm-hmm. Love it. So we'll say Enterprise, you know, fends off the attack because you know, that's kind of how, how our show has to work. Yeah, well, I imagine it would probably be a situation where they're like, sir, they're firing at us. And everybody's just like, really? Okay. <laughs> Maybe they don't know. <laughs> and so they just kind of stand there and wait for them to just play their cards. And uh, my guess is Archer probably tries to contact them. It's like, are you guys okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, we're fine over here. What's going on? Who hurt you? Yeah. Like, oh, shit. (laughs) Yep, pretty much. And you can can just see see that exact look on on their faces as Mm -hmm. soon as Archer, you know, gives his little quick retort. Yeah. And, you know, once they kind of, once the Orions kind of slink off a little bit, Archer, you know, kind of says, hey, you know, let's see what's going on and how they were able to, to find us. And then that's when they discover that Shuttle Pod 2 has been bugged. Okay. We'll say, we'll say that, that it's uh, Tella that, that found the, the Orion listening device. And then she, she goes on, see, if, if I would have been on the away mission, I would have been able to spot this right away. You know, kind of trying to justify her being on the away mission when she wasn't. Right. Alrighty. Alright, so then Archer's like, yeah, yeah, I, I get that you're really good at your job, but you probably would have been a little too distracted and wanting revenge as opposed to actually trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And remembering the lessons that, that Hoshi taught way back at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Of exactly how to argue to get your point across. Indeed. Indeed. So after that scene, do we go ahead and have... All four shuttle pods go down to to the location of Jerwall and and have our final battle with our wrestling moves. Yes, I think that there's got to be a physical battle. I I really think there does. So, but the thing is, who's gonna fight Jerwall? I think it should be Visu. I think she should fight him. Okay. How about how about how about how about this? What it'll be is Visu wins, but initially Jerwall will fight Trip. And then Vizu just comes out of out of nowhere. Yeah, because Trip, I'm sorry, ain't gonna last long against Gerald. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. Have you seen that guy? Mm-hmm. He could break. He could break Trip <laughs> into like a twig. <laughs> okay, so final battle. And and what I'm imagining is Trip looking much like Chekhov in the bar fight in Troubles. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Basically, it's a tag team. Visu tags herself in. Mm-hmm. 
and we we see that the tusks are more are for more than just decoration. Oh hell yeah, you can gore a person with that. And, mm-hmm. and and unlike Andorians, their antennas kind of you know, you know, like kind of fold back since, since with since they do act mm-hmm. like ears, they act like cat ears when they're about ready to pounce. Nice. So that way, and and they're they're a little bit more flexible. Yeah, cat ears can rotate like three hundred and sixty degrees. It's crazy. I'm trying to think for how the the final confrontation should go if Jerwal should go ahead and, and pass away, or just slink off. Mm. How how do we how do we want to resolve resolve this? Mm. Do we want to keep him around for future episodes? That could be fun. <laughs> yes, he meets up with Big Show's character. And they form an alliance and, to get revenge on Enterprise. <laughs> yes, that I, I I think we we have found our yes! next episode. <laughs> well, actually, actually, yeah, well, yeah, that'll and we we can have that be the season five finale. <laughs> that's fantastic. So yeah, he definitely has to stay alive because that's just that's too yes. fun not to do. <laughs> now he's got a tag team of his own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, this is fun. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So we'll say we'll say uh, Vizu get, gets him. You know, kind of in in both shoulders. Ooh, yeah. So that way, so that way, he can't really move his arms or anything at the mm-hmm. moment, and he winds up basically just abandoning their operations. Yep. And Vizu also. And, and during during the fight is when Jerwal revealed to Vizu that it's her consort that's that's behind all this. So he rats out Benar. All right, nice. And we'll say right 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 as Vizu is about to to do a to 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 do the the finishing blow because he's kind of stand, we'll have Jerwal in front of Benar and. At that point, like right as she's getting ready to, you know, take him out, he beams back to his ship, and her blow gets Ben because so she basically took care of the problem, you know, unwittingly, or well, wittingly and unwittingly, yeah. even though she didn't get her final final revenge on on, on Jerry. Well, she's I think advanced enough that she knows revenge isn't really the point here. It's protection of her people. Yeah. And if uh, Benar being gone happens to help in that front, so be it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Serves you right, Benar. Yeah. And then and then then Hamlix come comes out, and we have an, an, a nice, lovely scene between the two friends. I like it. And 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 Hamlix basically tells all the atrocities that that were taking place, and mm-hmm. and then. We'll kind of cut cut back to to you know maybe you know six hours later on back on Enterprise. So she's doing her report. Archer is kind of like, hey, now I'm going to be sending this off to to Starfleet. Do you think we we should have have some somebody out here since we'll have they'll have a few more ships available since you know we're still on the precipice of the the Romulan War. They're still kind of building up their fleet. And and Hoshi will be like, yeah, we'll we'll need to make sure that the Orions don't come back and try to influence other consorts of the governor into the same folly. Well, I think um, 
Benar's a pretty good, good example of what not to do to the other consorts. Yeah. I, uh... Well, we'll say, we'll say not, not somebody, not, not, you know, I mean, well, yeah, the consorts too, but, like, so, somebody else who might have ideas. That too, yeah. Now, one question that I have. Do you think that they would be willing to share knowledge on how to make the mining conditions less dangerous so that they can continue to mine on their own? Yes. And possibly yes. end up advancing their civilization and having something to trade? So Yeah, we'll, we'll set this up for, for future use in, in, our, cool. in our seasons. Mm, got it. I like it. Because I think we should go back to this planet in the future just to see how they're doing. Yeah. Or, or we could, you know, since, since we are going to be leading up to the Romulan War, have it be sort of one of the first first hints of, of it actually mm, taking place. Okay, yeah. That too. Alrighty. So maybe, maybe, maybe we could wind up doing both. Yeah, well, who says we can't do both? It's our <laughs> writer's room. Hi! <Yeah. laughs> cool. Alright. So, yeah, and at that point, we'll, we'll have our, our end credits, and we'll be ready for our next adventure. Excellent. So you want me to recap? If you would be so kind. I would be happy to. So, uh, this this takes place after Benning's Revenge, for all of those who are still wondering. We said that earlier. Uh, Mr. Stiles is still there. Cutler is still there, too. And the cold open starts with Hoshi talking to Archer. She wants to have a bigger role on Enterprise, be involved in more things, and not just stuck answering the phone. <laughs> And uh, Archer is uh, about to respond with, uh, hey, well, next time we have an away mission, I'm going to put you in as leader. And they get a distress call from a Tellarite ship in the Pollux system. And Archer says to get on over there at warp five. Opening credits. After this, I have no idea where the commercial breaks are because we never designated that. So we're just going to go for it. Oh, that's okay. All right, so the Tellarite ship was in the area looking for resources. They were attacked by the Orions. They're losing life support. Their warp core is going critical. They had sent out the distress call because none of their people were nearby. Uh, it's like a small scout ship. There are like four to five Tellarites on there. Uh, when Enterprise gets there, the warp core is just starting to overload so they do an emergency transport of the tellerites to the ship and then take them to sick bay tella who is our tellerite crew member hears about it and she immediately goes to sick bay to check on her compatriots and uh, is very angry at how they have been nearly murdered and she wants revenge However, that is not the way we play here on Enterprise. <laughs> so uh, they decide that they're going to uh, see what's going on. They can tell from warp signatures where the Orions uh, have been hanging out. And so they follow that trail to Pollux 4. There are three moons and they hide behind the largest moon. And uh, they don't know much about Orion's sensor, so they don't know how easy it's going to be to be caught. So they just, you know, put a moon between them because that is still, you know, something that works even in Wrath of Khan. So yeah. thumbs up there. And, and also first contact. And first contact, yes. So 
they decide they're going to go down to the planet. Shran, of course, says, you know, everybody has to be more even-tempered now, but uh, uh, Hoshi is excited because she's going to lead this team. Archer uh, made sure that she's going to get something else to do. They have uh, seen a little bit of the culture and noticed that it is female-dominant, so they put together an away team of three females and two males. So I'm getting myself out of order here. They're going, uh, Malcolm is going, Styles is piloting, and we've got Paul Hoshi and Cutler going down. Uh, the Orions, are, they scan the planet and find out that the Orions are there because of Pergeum uh, in the second landmass. And that can't be good. <laughs> so... They uh, decide they're going to go down, and they are going to land on the part of the peninsula, um, the third landmass, the southern area, to be as close to the landmass to as they can, and they're going to see what the locals know. Uh, luckily, the Universal Translator is now advanced enough that it can pick up language from about two sentences of locals, and so they do their whole makeup thing. Well, actually, is it kind of more like a surgery yeah. now? <laughs> they just used to alter their features, and you know, because you just you know, just sculpt it all in. And uh, Tella, of course, is begging to go because she wants retribution. And Archer says no, because you could cause more problems than you're solving. One one thing I just thought of, and she she tries to to convince Archer that she wouldn't need as much much surgery since she already has tusks herself. Yeah. They're not in the same place, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I would think that probably that would be a, a counter-argument. It's like, Archer's like, they're not even in the same place. Just because you have tusks doesn't mean that you're better suited for this. So, she's not happy. Uh, and Shran wants to go, too. And he thinks he's a shoe in and Archer's just like, no, if I can't let her go, you can't go either. <laughs> and I'll bet they're both going... But DePaul used to go. <laughs> <laughs> but she's been there since the beginning, so you can just shut up. Uh, anyway. Before they go, Shran does uh, get one final dig in and tell them that they all look ridiculous. Because, you know, they have different antenna than he does. And Dorian antenna are the best. Obviously. Mm-hmm. So they take Shuttlepod 2 because Shuttlepod 2 needs the lovin'. And they go down. The Orions have tracked it and know that they're there. They, uh, off off camera, send someone over to place some things on there. And so, meanwhile, our away team goes to the nearest village. They look a bit different than these particular uh, Galatonians, but everybody just assumes they're northerners. Because there's no such thing as a monoculture, you guys. And uh, the town is kind of like mid-1800s, but it has, you know, it has a more sturdy government. It has a governor uh, that is the seat of the whole area for government. And her name is Vizu. Uh, Hoshi, before they really encounter anyone, says, look, I know that Archer put me in charge as a team leader, but we are a team, and I need everybody's skills on this. We are a team. 
So she says, I may take the lead in some points, but I rely on every one of you to do your jobs and let me know what I need to know. So they go and find a local and ask where the ruler is, and they send her to Visu. Visu talks to them, and Hoshi asks if she's heard of or seen anything unusual in the past three months, because the warp trails indicate that the Ryans have been there for about that amount of time. Uh, by the way, the governor's consort is sinister. One of her consorts. His name is Benar. Mm -hmm. And uh, Visu noticed, has noticed that something is weird, that... There are not as many people around. People are just disappearing. There are reports of lights in the sky. Reed is about to interject and is shut down by both Misu and Hoshi because he's not the dominant gender here. <laughs> That's adorable. It's, it's okay. Malcolm can handle it. So, Vizu's friend, who is named Hamlix, was uh, thinking of going for the governorship of the first landmass, they had been in contact every week, but it had been two or three weeks until uh, since they'd heard from her, and so that was suspicious, because they had steady contact, and now suddenly they don't. Uh, Hoshi ponders on all of this information and decides that the best course of action is to reveal that they are not really Galatonians and what's going on. So the next day, they go... T'Pol, of course, does warn Hoshi, you know, be careful. Don't make it scary. <laughs> but I think, you know, it's... I think that, uh, that this particular species that we have created is a little bit more open to the fact that they're not the only life in the universe. So having some other people show up suddenly isn't that jarring to them. You know, just uh, conscious of the fact that the universe is a big place. I just feel like. So, uh, yeah, they, they go to Vizu and say, hey, we're not really Galatonians. We're actually, well, mostly humans, and that one's Vulcan, but we'll explain that later. <laughs> and they uh, they say, we're going to help you find your friend, and we're going to help you find what's going on. And these two is like, okay, but I'm not just going to take this all on faith. you got to show me a reason why I should believe you. And so they take her to Shuttlepod 2. And they notice that something's weird, something's off about it, like someone has been there, but they can't really find anything wrong. I mean, the engines still work, they can still get back to Enterprise. So they just kind of file that away and take off for Enterprise. During that time, our little consort boy is intact, is in contact with our with our head Orion, Jerwal, uh, because he is in cahoots with Jerwal to basically overthrow the entire government of the planet. Because that just when people are in chaos, it's much easier to enslave them. <laughs> And that's that's basically, you know, slaves are what they need because the mining conditions are not great and the Orions are not going to do it themselves. They'd rather just force other people to do it. So uh, what Benar is hoping to get out of this is he basically just wants to be king, have all the money, 
have women be enslaved, etc. And uh, so he's been working with Jerwal, and they're discovering the next stages of their plan, you know, getting more slaves, getting more mine tunnels open, etc. He, uh, when he finds out how Orion society works, he definitely wants women to be enslaved because he feels like he's been treated unfairly by not being the dominant gender. So, uh, and of course, Jerwal is just like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, whatever you want. And probably has absolutely no, has probably no compunction about, you know, totally just not doing anything that Benar wants. He's just using him. So, uh, Visu is, uh, going to the Enterprise. She does say that she puts her second in charge and she's going to be away probably for a couple of days. They get to Enterprise. Archer is not sure what to do now (laughs) because he's like, okay, so we did all that makeup for nothing. Is that what you're telling me? (laughs) But, but Visu is just really kind of taking everything in stride and, uh, so, and, and General yeah. Order 1 doesn't technically exist yet, so they haven't broken any rules. But ethically, it's kind of mm, a little bit. Yeah, it's a gray area. So, they're... Oh, at this point, I think we should have a, a scene between Vizu and Shran. Oh, yes, please. Talking about... And I basically, I'm sure that Shran is immediately going to be like, I, my, my antenna are better. And she's going to be like, can your antenna do this? <laughs> not to be outdone it's it's a friendly competition yes so i i definitely think there should be that scene in there absolutely so uh they uh are trying to figure out how to find uh hamlicks when they are attacked by the orions and of course they have shields now and upgraded weapons so they're kind of all just sitting there going it's it's like watching a child throw rocks at them basically it's just they're like are they serious with this right now so and basically they take zero damage and i i'm gonna say they fire a couple of warning shots and like disable some things and uh, without, you know, hurting anybody, causing any any deaths. And Archer does get on the comms and say to the ship, are you guys okay? You know, uh, what 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 exactly were you trying to do here? And uh, they, they slink off. <laughs> like the children they are, going, oh, my rocks didn't work. And when they, after they're gone... Uh, Archer's just like, how could they possibly have known exactly where we were? They go through Shuttle Pod 2 with a fine-tooth comb and find the listening-slash-tracking device. Tella does find it, actually. And that gives her the ammunition of, well, if I had been on this away mission, I would have found that before we even took off. Not that that would necessarily have changed the situation, because the Orions already knew that outsiders were there. They would have been found eventually. But Archer is just kind of like, okay, look, I get you're good at your job, but you were not fit to go on this mission because you would have been distracted by revenge. And he's right. And I think Tella kind of knows that he's right, but just doesn't want to admit it yet. So now we're going to have our final battle. We found uh, the main base and uh, all four shuttle pods go down with a bunch of people. 
Uh, Trip thinks he's going to take on Jerwall, and it doesn't go well. <laughs> it does not go well, but thankfully, Vizu tags herself in. <laughs> And uh, it as uh, she demonstrates that the tusks are not just for decoration. They are not just uh, ornamental, I guess is the correct word. And uh, she uh, also has uh, the her antennae, which are very much like cat ears. They basically lay flat back as like a cat that's about to attack. And uh, she does get some goring in there. <laughs> Some pretty good goring. So, uh, yeah, uh, Jerwal is uh, now basically incapacitated, can't use either one of his arms, and he basically just uh, beams out, leaving Benar behind. And uh, as he, because Vizu's coming in for a final attack as he beams out, and she accidentally gores Benar instead, who dies from his injuries almost immediately and good riddance to that guy right so uh jerwald's gone the orions are booking it out of there as fast as they can and uh hamlix is found and they have a lovely reunion she explains the atrocities that have been happening how this all started and why the mining was so important to the orions and that they're basically they're sitting on a gold mine, you know, for for what it's worth. Uh, later on the Enterprise, like after all of this has happened, Hoshi is preparing her report and it's going to be sent off to Starfleet. So Archer asks her, you know, so should we send a ship here to to help out and keep watch, keep the Orions at bay? And she says, yeah, they're going to need a way to set up safe mining procedures so that they can do this work themselves without, you know, enslaving people or killing or anything like that. And so they agree that they're going to send a ship to the area to help out. Hmm, we may see them again in the future. And Jerwal escapes to live another day. Dun, 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 end credits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was a hella good fun. <laughs> yeah. So... So what, what do you think we should title this? Oh my goodness! I know, I, I know we I know we haven't really, really discussed titles before. Um, because one 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 was super obvious. One we kind I kind of had to, to come up with, at, uh, offline. Mm-hmm. So let's let's go ahead and discuss what a good title would be. Mm. So many things in here. Uh, I gonna say, and and do we want to go more more TOS style title or more Bourbon era title or? Well, it's hard to say because a lot of times with episode titles in Trek, the title does not remind me of what the episode was. Especially in TOS, there'll just be things where I mean, there's certain titles obviously remember what the episode was about, like Balance of Terror, Let That Be Your Last Battlefield, yeah. you know, things like that. But then there's some, yes, uh, the piece of the action. Is there in truth no uh, City on the Edge of Forever. All of those, you know, trigger a certain memory of what happened in the episodes. But then there are some I'm just like, I have no idea. And that happens especially huh? in Voyager for some reason. There are so many Voyager episodes. I'm like, 
what the hell is this about? <laughs> so, or 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 it's the ones that, that are just so 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 bad you remember mm-hmm. it so that way you know when to skip it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I saw the lizard babies. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. You know, honestly, that episode isn't as bad as people make it out to be. It really isn't because when Tom is actually transforming, when yeah. he's mutating, I guess, evolving, the makeup is really good. Like, really good. Like, I was seriously grossed out yeah. when he coughed up his own tongue. He did that extremely well. It was very believable. So, you know, I yeah. think it's that it's that episode that everybody loves to hate, but I don't really hate it. I mean, it's kind of weird, but it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Not by half. <laughs> so, I'm just saying. <laughs> so, yeah, um... Mm. Uh. Mm. Uh. Say, okay. I don't, I, I don't want to go too on the nose yet because I, I think I think I think our last appearance absolutely. With, with How can you not? The walls of Jericho. How can you not? Uh. Hmm. There's there's so many things in here. Hmm. <sighs> well, we could always just name it Pollux 4, which gives almost nothing away. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to sneeze, maybe. Or, you know, keep, keep, keeping in our theme with, with where sort of for technology wise it's said <coughs> and, and you know some of the historical figures yes, we, we've thank you. pawned off names of I can bless you. Ooh Ooh, I think that's great. Yeah. Let's do that. Because it, it fit it kind of fits in with our with our little tag. Yeah that's line perfect. Well done. Well done. I love it. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard coming our idea to your for emancipation. Your uh, television soon. The television in your brain. Television in your brain. You can. Ish. You can make it work, yes, guys. Yes. You can imagine it. I can yes. imagine it. I was seeing it while we were talking about it. So, very cool. Yeah. That was so fun. Yeah. These are always fun. <laughs> yes. Oh, definitely. So ha- has your has your list of places to find no, you on the No, it's still a stupidly long list. Since our last um, writer's room. <laughs> uh, okay, so there are other podcasts I do here on Hollow Sweet Media, all about Star Trek, of course. There's What the Future Holds, our Star Trek Discovery podcast, uh, the Vedic Assembly, which is the Deep Space Nine podcast, and Boldly Go, which is the Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast. Yes, we started very early, and we are not sorry. There's still things to talk about. And uh, you can find all of those, of course, at hallsweetmedia.com. I do two live shows, one of which is Infinite Trek. Right now, uh, at the time of this coming out, it may have changed because they're making a transition to YouTube. But as of the time of this recording, it is currently on the Outpost 13 channel on Twitch. 
and it's on Saturdays at uh, 12 p.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Mountain. Figure it out for your own self or wherever you are. And that's when my friend Aaron Harvey, we talk about all things Trek and tangent-related Trek things. So basically, if it's Trek adjacent, we'll talk about it. There are so many things. It's, it's When you can talk about literally anything in Trek, it becomes almost a daunting task to settle on a thing. But, but there are stuff and things to talk about. Yeah. And that comes out as a podcast uh, on the Trek Geeks Network the following <coughs> week. You can subscribe through your podcatcher by looking for Infinite Trek. Also, I do... Honestly, I don't know if I'll be doing this at the time that this comes out, but I'm currently doing The Unready Room with my friend Dan, and that's on his YouTube channel, Kurt Rass Productions, which is uh, just Star Trek spelled backwards. He does a lot of great videos, uh, a lot about Star Trek, but not only Star Trek. He does other things as well. And of course, he has his own podcast with Bruce Gibson called, called Positively Trek, which I definitely recommend. It's fantastic. And they also do book reviews and yes. uh, all sorts of fun things over there. So please go follow them on Twitter and stuff. Just at Positively Trek. You can find them on Facebook at Positively Trek. All the places at Positively Trek. There, I pimped my friends. But uh, that's uh, if it's still going on, we're doing that on Saturday evenings at 7 p.m. Mountain. Again, figure it out for yourself. And uh, we just... It's kind of like we just cover different parts of Star Trek episodes. You know, we we would often take polls to see what episode we would watch. To polls, excuse me. We do take to polls. To polls. So that's fun. We take fun. to polls. Um, we, at, at the time of recording, we're still in Discovery. We still got two episodes of Discovery left before the season ends. So uh, hopefully it will continue after that, uh, Dan may be too busy. I'm not 100% sure on that. But you can find that, again, on YouTube on Kurt Ratz Productions. And then I do a husband podcast with my Dave. <laughs> Dave is my husband. I'm having I'm struggling with sentence structure today, as you can tell. It's called the Dark Corner Podcast, where we look at all the things we love in pop culture from a darker perspective. Darker doesn't mean evil. People get it straight. And I also do Headcanon, which is my solo podcast that kind of fell by the wayside because of a lot of upheaval this year and other things, not just COVID. But uh, you can find both of those at darkcornerpodcast.com. And I will stop talking now. All right. Oh, it's my well, pleasure. Again, I love thank you for, for joining us, as always. And, and and we definitely enjoy having you. We, we might have to have I'm you on for, I'm always to do game. something I love other than It's one of my point. favorites. So. So, so dear to my heart. The Expanse, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast, is produced and hosted by Chris Hill and myself, Kyle West, and is a part of the Holosuite Media Podcast Network. To keep up to date with all the news and updates from The Expanse, be sure to follow NX01Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find Chris Hill on Twitter at the Chris Hill and myself on Twitter at Kyle Thomas West. To join the Holosuit Media Community Discussion Group, simply type the Nexus into the Facebook search bar and we'll see you there. Thank you for listening.